0: What is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or maybe you're listening later wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is. We don't care. We love it all. We love every single last one of them.
1: Like they're uh, our yeah. own little babies. Right, Pete? Yeah. Speaking of which, happy birthday to uh, Brooklyn. Super fan oh <laughs> i thought you were like to the borough and i was like not oh, the cool. borough no nope. very nice nope. of you stray Bully's uh a lovely child
0: yes uh one of our amazing patreon supporters good friend uh, official cbc chef brett Macris. everybody knows he curates a cocktail for us every week which we'll get to later on in the show uh, his son brooklyn has a birthday happy birthday brooklyn yeah, also brooklyn happy birthday uh bronx <laughs> but I'm talking about the borough. I'm talking. oh we about, go. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Just to establish what we're talking about here, Justin is off this week. Just so everybody knows, he
1: has a family obligation. Family obligation. His made-up actor family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll know, tell you what. Doing Here's what contract I negotiations. And <laughs> and they want more money, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. His his uh, pretend
0: family being yeah yeah his paid actor mm-hmm. family. <laughs> Well, he's got it. They got to get the money in quick because the SAG strike might be happening. Yeah, right, exactly. Pete? Let's do a couple of quick r- riffs and takes. Um, you've been working on your material about the SAG strikes, so take it away.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, please uh, pay those amazing creative people their money so we can get back to life as normal. You got to you gotta look up what stand-up comedy bits are. Uh, I'll <laughs> do some Googling. All right, sounds good.
0: Well, here's two people we don't need to to Google. They are the creators of an amazing new book, which is out today. Yeah. Called Dear Rosie. Ladies and gentlemen, Megan Bowman and Rachel Briner. Hello. Welcome. 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 Yay. And congratulations. So excited uh, you're here on your book birthday. Your book is out today uh, from Random House Kids right? Yes. Is, that the, is that the brand? Okay. Yes. I get a little confused with pe- penguins and the random house and everything. So I It's to make the sure same people. thing. It's the same thing. So. Yeah. Uh, this book is great. I, I oh, love this book. It's I was in so... the
1: feels. It's so beautiful. It's it, so well done.
0: It really, really does. Um, you know, just to sort of set it up. Uh, I mean, I assume the concept is out there. It's basically, it's a group of kids in middle school, They're all animal kids, the way that you depict them in the book, Uh, but they're dealing with one of their friends died about a year ago at this point. And I thought it was a really you you frame it as sort of this fun adventure story, but it deals with this loss in a very palpable way. I'd love to I know you talk about it in the back matter, but I'd love to hear you talk about the inspiration behind the book a little bit and why frame it this way for middle schoolers.
2: So Dear Rosie was definitely a reaction to our friend Annalie who passed away when we were in college. And it was this sort of thing where it's like we'd love to like I always wanted to do a piece of art about it, but it kind of needed some time to, you know, let it settle where you can, you know, you can spend a lot of time with something that affects you deeply without being overwhelmed by it. So it was about ten years ago that this happened and we finally were able to put this into a pitch and get it picked up as our it's our first book which is really exciting as well mm-hmm. and um it was really important to us to kind of like show like a slice of life from what middle school was like when we were all together as friends so even though it's a fictional book a lot of the stuff that happens really happened in real life it's just taken out of order and adjusted slightly for for pacing
1: yeah um, that's what, one of the nice things is it's such a it's a book about animals, but the animals are so human. It's really transcendent. It's a, It's just, uh, I was just so impressed with the, the whole thing.
2: Thank so you. Uh, Rachel, do you want to talk about why we chose animals?
3: Sure. Well, first of all, um, I'm glad that you liked the animals because they were a little contentious. <laughs> they really didn't <laughs> want us to do animals. We had, they were like, it really like shortened their list of who we could pitch to for that reason, because they were just like, people just don't want animals. And it was really important to us, first of all, because such it is such a personal story. It's like we felt weird designing these characters that were so dear to ourselves. It's like this is our actual friend. And like this, I don't know, the, the animals help to set it, just like give it some space away. <laughs> and then we also love the potential, especially in like with a middle grade story, just to be able to play up the acting with like their ears and their tails. You can really just do a lot more and like show those emotions in really fun ways. Mm. And then also they reflect all of the nature of animals from Frederick, Maryland. So that's a a nice little tidbit. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's a very cool tidbit. I was very surprised to learn that at the end of the book. Were there other choices of animals or did it feel like uh, each character lended themselves to a particular different species?
2: We started with Millie who's the main character and we're like, all right, a deer makes sense for her, and we kind of just built off of that. And the people that they were based on we were like, All right, I think this fits their personality. And then beyond that, all the side characters were purely designed and what made sense. We also wanted to have each of the five girls have a completely different putting in their heads so like even if it's like tell exactly when you're looking at them, oh, that's Rosie, that's Millie, and you can just see the characters right away. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I'm curious, I mean, you touched on this a little bit, but obviously you're aging this down from your real experience. Why was it important to set it in middle school? Was that more a calculated idea in terms of the book, in terms of the audience, or was there something more accessible in terms of that particular age group versus the slightly aged up group?
2: Uh, Both. We initially pitched it as a young adult book, and the editor was like, we think this works better as middle grade, and also like, there's a lot more comics in middle grade. Mm. and young adults a little bit more kind of like it's feelings and emotions and less about like more specific kid-based plots so we were like we want to do something that really that reaches the broadest audience for these kids and also because most of the experiences that we were basing off of actually took place in middle school i feel like it made sense to set them at the age that we were when those things happened
0: Makes sense. Uh, Rachel, for you from the art perspective, did you have to reach out to your friends to get likeness rights in terms of changing the animals, or did you just go ahead with it? How did that work?
3: Well, first off, the art we actually both did, and Megan actually. Oh, designed okay, I'm characters. so sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, okay. no problem. It's it's a little chaotic, but um, I guess I'll I'll go to Megan. for Oh, yeah, you can answer that. Okay, um, they told us that we really didn't have to. Um, it was definitely a weird gray area where <laughs> we were like, we did end up reaching out. Megan, especially to Anna Lee, the family of the girl who died, definitely wanted to reach out to them first and foremost to make sure it was okay. And I believe you did end up reaching out to everyone who was more than okay with it. They're, they all just got their books today and they're very excited about it. <laughs> um, and I don't think any of them have any issues with the animals that they are.
2: No, the only thing that was an issue was we asked our like family and friends. We like were like, oh, we'll draw you in as background characters. And that was like extremely contentious. People <laughs> oh. you know, would be like, I want to be a kangaroo. I want to be a fox. we like, we have a fox main character. You've got to pick someone else. They're like, I'm a fox. I'm nobody else. Like, <laughs>
0: uh speaking of somebody who as a kid was drawn as a bear in a series of children's books you kind of you get over it so it's okay it's it's all good you're just happy to be included that's the main thing that's true um i i So uh, I'm curious, again, like, not to plumb too much into your real experiences, but obviously you're pulling on real emotion from yourself there, but at the same time you're writing a book for middle school graders, uh, and death is a tricky subject to talk about. So what was the modulation like there in terms of the writing process? What did you have to amp up a little bit in terms of the emotion, amp down in terms of the emotion? What was involved?
2: Um... I'll let us both answer this because it's kind of tricky. I think that it was important for us to make sure we showed joy as well as sadness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So any sort of grieving process is complicated and everyone kind of handles it in their own way, but especially for kids it's like it's important for us to show them that like life can go on and should go on and you're allowed to still be happy while you're grieving it's complicated, like you think, oh, I need to be sad forever or until I'm over this. And it's like, that's not realistic. Um, So playing down a little bit, some of the more intense aspects of grief, because we didn't want to scare any children away, either if this was something they experienced themselves and it was too much for them to read, or if they haven't read it and they're like, this is too intense, I want to look at this. We tried to kind of like downplay the individual really intense experiences and kind of like put it on the group as a whole. To kind of to soften the blow and make it a little bit more individual in terms of what the characters were experiencing
3: Hmm.
0: yeah uh oh go ahead rachel please oh sorry
3: and add on that in the uh, middle grade space one thing that we learned is the importance of bringing the parents a support group as like supporting characters that was one thing they kept reiterating over and over which we found was very helpful was like make sure the parents come in here and like provide like support for them and like trying to include more of those moments (laughs) so it didn't feel so like isolating and alone
0: Uh, I did want to throw out there just because, uh, for anybody who's listening on the podcast, we're looking at some of the pages here live on the show. Uh, This old man turtle character. Yes. I I, love love the old man turtle. I love him. Uh, Is he a real person and can I meet him?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, he was characterized more for the book, but I did live next to an old man that would get really mad about my porch light. And every time they'd be like, we can't sleep. The light's on. And they would just sleep with their blinds open. And I'd be like, close your blinds. <laughs> but um, we just stopped. We just stopped turning off the light for months. And then one night at like 1130 on a Saturday, the light had not been turned on in like half a year. I hear what sounds like breaking glass and then sweeping. And then I go out the next day and the old man has shattered the light bulb and <laughs> swept up the remains. And I was like, what? why did you do that? And then my landlord replaced it with a brighter bulb, so it was terrible for him, but that's who that character is based on, just kind of like a weird old guy who just wants to get his sleep, and we kind of expanded on him. I didn't have that a really close relationship with him in real life, but he did yep. break my light bulb in the middle of the night, so. <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, well, he's great. Definitely the breakout character find of 2023. <laughs> I-, I wanted to take a big step back, actually, and ask you, since this is your first graphic novel, um, why why this format? Is this something that you've been playing around with for a while? Is, why did you end up jumping into this as your first book in, a, in the graphic novel format? Why was that important?
3: I'll let Rachel answer this one. Do you mean this story specifically, or comics in general?
0: comics in general?.
3: Sure. Um, well, I actually went to school for comic art. <laughs> um, for me, it was never any other option because i'm not I'm not really like a writer. So for me, I've always been an artist. always been involved in like media and comic stuff like that. Um, I think like when I first found like the indie alternative section of the comic store, it just kind of like switched that like that was what I wanted to do for a living, just like realizing, how much art goes into a graphic novel. It's like, there's just like so much art, there's so much work that goes into it. And there's so much that you have to uh, keep in mind, like the lettering, the panels, the colors, everything. And so I actually went to school for it and um, afterwards ended up in animation, but comics were something that I always wanted to end up doing. It's just, they're hard to get into, (laughs) Yeah.
0: so. Uh, where did you if you don't mind me asking where did you go to school i'm only asking in terms of like we get a lot of questions sometimes about people who are like how do i break into comics how do i learn how How to make comics so i'm just always curious where people studied just to get that information out of
3: i went to savannah college of art and design and studied sequential art which i think there's not a ton of schools that have a specific uh major for comics i think it's It's just that in school of visual arts Mm. um it was a good program though so i learned a lot
1: Well, I got to say, I'm just so sorry for your loss, but I'm so happy for this book. This it it really touched me and it's going to stay with me for a while. So uh, it's just so powerful and so really well done. Uh, I'm just so happy uh, that it's out there.
2: Thank you so much. That means a lot.
1: Um,
0: I did want to ask you, now that you have this, uh, obviously it's been out for, I don't know, 12 hours at this point, (laughs) something. Uh, But now that you do finally have that first graphic novel out there, uh, what's next? Are you working on another project together? Are you working on separate projects? Is there anything else you want to plug in general?
2: Well, we're now mortal enemies and we'll never speak outside of this podcast. Oh, (laughs) oh,
0: wow. All right. Well, thank you and goodbye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, in all seriousness, we're working on some other middle grade pitches but uh we can't talk about them unfortunately but right. we're, we're in the pitch process for where there's another group of of uh middle school grade friends different group not animals this time that we're mm-hmm. hoping to feature in our next book that if it gets picked up maybe it'll come out in like two years we'll see
1: well, awesome. hopefully we'll have you back on and we can uh, hear all about it
2: yeah, yeah. that would be great
1: absolutely uh congratulations again
0: the book is fantastic everybody should go check it out pick it up yes. today and i can't wait to see whatever is next for both of you
2: thank, thank you, you so you much all
0: right thank you have a good night
2: Bye.
1: all right oh man what a book it's just so so ah oh, i can't say enough great things about it i was just so moved by it the back matter is so powerful it's just
0: It's a beautiful, beautiful book. I
1: think we probably
0: could have touched on a little bit more for anybody who's curious to pick it up. uh, Because I know we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast or are watching who have kids. It's also a fun adventure story at the same time. Oh, yeah! These kids go on an adventure in this town as they are dealing with the loss of their friend. Uh, It's great. I really, really enjoyed this book a lot. Again, the book is called Dear Rosie. It's out right now from Random House Kids. Uh, that was Megan Bowman and Rachel Briner. Definitely check. Not it. a
1: random house of kids. Random house kids. <laughs>
0: yes, uh, and not a random penguin house or a penguin random house. No, but, that's co- that's But it's all different. the same thing. I don't
1: thing. know why you bring up penguins. I don't know. I don't know. I, you I got love got that a publisher. Problem, I think.
0: I do. I, I. My only problem is I need more penguins. <laughs>
4: well anyway
0: brain. why don't we bring in our next guest yeah uh, let's Richard do that the show uh, he has a ton of stuff that is coming out over the next couple of months and years ladies and gentlemen Shane burial hello Old friend yeah, of the hey. show Shane what's
1: up man great what's to up, see guys? you all
0: right uh, uh good to see you very excited to have you here uh you have a ton of projects but before we get into it I just wanted to bring something up here uh, now as we mentioned uh stray bullet Breck Macris. A.K.A. Stray Bullies. Thank you. You're a little slow on the draw there, Pete. Uh, Anyway, he uh, sometimes curates and creates cocktails um, for the show, and he created one this time that I'm going to bring up here. It is called Comic Book Cocktails
4: Kill. Nice
0: uh yeah there you go and i did not make it today it sounds delicious it's not feeling well that's why yeah I'm not nothing well. against you shane but i definitely had waffles i was like you know <laughs> the alcohol might kill the sickness inside of me Ooh, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's a it's uh, a here we go i'm gonna bring it up it is bourbon dry vermouth lime juice simple syrup orange bitters and mint it's based on your book to be clear to anybody's listening you have a book called comic books Kill that is coming out About a dude cheating with his mob boss publisher's wife. Not a good look. Um, It's a blend of mid-julep, a horse race the mob had continually tried to infiltrate over the years to much failure. And a Manhattan perfectly refreshing for this heat like a mid-julep with the imbued corruption of a Manhattan. So there you go.
4: He had me at bourbon, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Well, we'll definitely send it your way. Uh, just to plug all of the stuff that we could talk about that you have coming out, uh, Comic Books Kill is coming out August 9th. Uh, actually, before that, sorry, Jason, I had them in the wrong order. Jason oh, no, and the Olympians funny. is coming out July 26th. And next year, you have a book. Am I allowed to talk about this? Or are you yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Next year, you have a book uh, coming out called Death Slinger which yep, is a yep. more of an intense over the top action book. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go in date order? Let's talk about Jason and the Olympians because that's coming out soon. This is a fun adventure book. Why don't you yeah, pitch is. the story here? If you don't mind Shane.
4: Sure. Absolutely guys. Uh, coming out from band of bars, July 26, Jason and the Olympians, the Titans of Greek myth have returned. They've destroyed the earth, um, and, uh, wiped out the pantheon of gods. Um, and so it's up to teenage prodigy Jason Mukai to band together with her demigodess clone friends to use their giant automaton colossi to defend the remnants of humanity in the form of the Starship Olympia. Humanity's last hope, guys, is Jason and the Olympians. Um, uh, Alex Ogle, um, he's done a lot of, uh, he did alternate cover for The Amazing Spider-Man 75. He's done a lot of Marvel licensing. Yeah, art. a of his art. Um, but... Uh, is my co-creator the lion artist here uh who you're seeing is madia monaco who's worked for aftershock comics he's uh just if you can imagine uh sean gordon murphy with a manga edge that's that's madia and then uh uh, maya opasic is my colorist is the colorist on the book she brings so much she brings the technicolor thunder boom this is uh you know fans if you like um think just a, a fast and furious um more uh accessible which you know i love radiant black but this is if you like radiant black if you like power rangers um voltron uh, it's all yeah that yeah stuff. Uh, it's it's a love letter to you know the super giant robot genre in many forms um just um with um females in the lead roles but but plenty of things for males as well like we have one of my favorite characters is dame is damon child who uh is kind of uh he is kind of a behind the scenes vigilante he's our you know keeping with the uh anime manga theme he would be the racer x of this universe if you will just to give fans a touchstone so um uh but this first volume comes out again july 26th um i'm hearing uh that the reorders are already happening which bodes well so um yeah 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 congrats buddy Thanks. Thanks. Um, so hopefully, um, that's coming in. We're, we're literally about eight pages and a cover away from finishing volume two. This is, um, and, uh, the OGN with, uh, additional matter will be coming out sometime in the near future following this first fully contained double-sized issue, which tells the entire story here.
1: Well, I I love what you sent us. I, I really love the pacing to this as well. Like, uh, you know, sometimes when you start a story, there's a lot to kind of get through. But you really uh-huh. did an amazing job of, like, kind of just cutting out stuff and giving us what we needed to start. And you led with some action that really kind of propelled the story in such an amazing way. The, the main characters are very relatable and cool. i, I just r- really blown away, man. I've, it's been awesome to watch your work evolve over the years. You are killing it. I'm, I'm so happy for you.
4: Well, thanks brother i appreciate it i owe that to the great team i'm a part of all those people i mentioned um and you know uh you know you talk about here i am not dc or marvel uh you know i'm i'm a a small indie creator so i i've got a more limited budget a more limited real estate so we're you know we try to get in and give that action-packed punch that we need give the fans a fun story relatable characters um all in once. This is and the way we uh Alex, my co creator and I came up with this book to begin with is what is a story that you know uh an an adult dad and his then middle school aged daughter could read together and enjoy equally, nice. you know. Yeah. What a, what a so great does, pitch. Yeah. So uh I love
0: that. And I, I think it's very interesting to hear you talk about it like just and forgive me for saying this way, this way, but scrambling for shelf space, particularly for more indie publishers. Um, what, what has that experience been like for you? What is important for you as an indie publisher in terms of talking to comic book shops, getting that space on the shelf? What, what do you need to do? What are your steps?
4: Uh, A buddy of mine, uh posted who's uh, also a comics creator he said man uh, just this week i making the comic is the easy part and, <laughs> and and he's not wrong i mean you know i've you know probably caught i've literally called hundreds of shops just tell them about about the books my but i heard you know just to give an example you know and this is professional I heard uh matt fraction before he was matt fraction well you know he was calling comic book shop he's working for marvel though at the time and you know and if if Matt Fraction is not too good to do that if he can roll up his sleeves um and get dirty then then who am I not to follow his example and many other creators example you know my projects i consider them my children so you got i mean uh you're a pet dad uh feet and i know Alex you're a dad so we all want our our children our pets or kids as they are to succeed and it's and i t- so we want to give them the best possible chance to do so so in other words whatever it takes whatever it takes so (laughs) (laughs) uh well cool let's talk
0: about another one then that you're going to do you whatever it takes to get on the shelves uh this is a comic book kills which is coming out i know we teased a little bit of the plot of this one not to keep kicking it over to you as pitch man but you're doing a good job so far what's the pitch for this one shane
4: Uh, Well, comic books kill, 1939, New York City. Golden Age comics creator Jack Levi places his life and career on the line when he enters into an illicit love affair with the femme fatale mistress of his mob boss back publisher. So um, my co-creator, and whose beautiful art you're seeing here for the cover of Issue 1, the nonstop edition coming from Scout Comics, is Hoyt Silva. Um, Can't say enough about Hoyt and and, uh, just everything he's brought to the book as co-creator. Storytelling. Um uh he's done a lot of work for Scout Comics and others. Um, you know, w- has uh worked closely with Brian Stelfries in the past out of uh, the Gaijing studios. Um but uh so if you're fans of Jack and Stan, if you're fans of Bru Baker and Phillips, you are going to love Comic Books Kill. It is a crime new story that uses golden age comics as a backdrop. Um and this is the nonstop edition, which will begin be in stores August ninth. Um and here you're seeing it, we kinda lay it out um you know, and on page one that uh it's kinda like uh prohibition is over and uh just one vice has replaced another another. And, and prohibition it was booze, now it's heroin. And pro and prohibition era was pulps, now it's uh uh excuse, comics. So mm-hmm. The uh, mob is using cheap Canadian publishers to bring in drugs on the backs of the, uh, you know, the printed comic books trucks into the United States. So that's, that's how this all ties together and will develop through the, through the course of the actual story. Again, this is a, a collector's edition, a nonstop edition, and the full uh, graphic novel, which uh, will encase five uh, issues, will, will release thereafter. So
0: uh now uh, obviously the not the twist but the additional thing you're putting into your the story is the fact that it's set in the world of comic books right but Mm -hmm. uh, both for this and the other one and this is something that i think we actually talked about with another writer a couple of weeks back noir and with the previous story with sort of like the voltron x giant robot stories those have been done a lot so What's important to you in terms of checking yourself when you're working in a genre like this to make sure you're not repeating what somebody did before and instead creating a new iteration?
4: Well, though, that is definitely an important Alex, uh, a point to consider, but the truth is there are no new stories. They're only fresh ways of telling old ones. Mm-hmm. And I, it was that juxtaposition of setting this in a comic book world, um, that, that appealed to me. And, you know, we get to use, it's It's not so much in this first comic, but we get to use the visual device of jumping between uh, the actual uh, Jack Levi story, the comic creator, and then kind of cross-referencing that against the actual comics, which is called the Skyway Man, who is uh, actually, you know, a anti-hero, a thief as much as he is. And so I get to use, we, uh, Hoyt and myself got to use that um, to basically back the the plot and, and character and emotional beats of the story, which as it progresses, which that was really fun to do. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, first and foremost, I want to entertain. If I'm if I'm making a comic, it's one I myself would want to read um, and 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 feel I've not wasted my time, my money, and and just have have a good experience. And uh, Hoyt with his art is just knocking it through the roof. Um, yeah, we've got yeah, it's really beautiful. We've got uh, Micah Myers on letters. He's uh, Ringo Award-nominated. Uh, he may have even won. I apologize, Micah. So, But, I mean, Micah has worked anywhere and everywhere in this industry at this point. And then uh, Kevin Lernitz and Hoyt are both on colors on this. So uh, the team just did incredible work, and I'm just honored to be a part of it.
1: Oh, man, congrats
0: uh last but not least the uh, oh, this is coming out next year so i'm not necessarily going to bring it up just because i don't want to uh, bring uh, it up buddy bring it up all away oh boy i love yeah. it okay yeah. uh well this is called death, death slinger and it's coming out in 2024 <laughs> when you sent this one over you said that Ooh, pete is going to like this one but you know what i gotta <laughs> import it here uh why don't you while i'm bringing it in why don't you give the pitch for this one
4: all right, Death Slinger. is just, it's basically a Western in space, which again, we've seen it, but this is uh, just a balls to the wall, the writ visceral, I mean, admittedly ultra violent, uh, you know, a tale, but uh, of the Holy Reich in the future has fallen, but they used their mercenaries where uh, basically these cyborg entities they created called Death Slingers. Um, wow. And it's just kind of their weapon. Ben Perkins is the artist, colorist here. You're seeing letters by Keith Finch, and uh, Ben. Ah, oh man, I just I, I know you've got this stuff, but just if you can just see just the progression of his art through this book, you um, can see in Gen E, and that's J E N slash E, is in Generation E, um, and you know, and it's and again, it is a uh, it's just a retelling of an old tale, be it. Uh, her uh, Red Harvest, uh, you know, Jimbo, um, what was it? Uh, just you know things like that, in, in a space setting, and uh, you know it's in midley, it's dark, it's gritty. This is the antithesis of Jason. If uh, if there's a, which Jason is an all as a uh, all audiences book, arguably, and then uh, comic books kills an adult. Then this, although it's fun, and and I actually like the juxtaposition of the art you see because which is a little more you know surreal um which ben's done a great job it it kind of plays against basically the darkness and ultra violence in yeah. this book it works but good think, yeah, yeah i
1: agree with you it, it does a great job of like uh you know because the art is 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 a little bit brighter and stuff the the violence and stuff It kind of the juxtaposition is cool yeah
4: and you know i think that and i i don't condone violence in the real world but i think these this allows us allows this their Jungian shadow selves to 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 basically get that out in a healthy way and to look at it and, and review it. And and if as long as we're cognizant of that, um, that this is what this is, our our base impulses that, you know, Jung would talk about and Freud and all those guys, which uh, you know, uh, I, I, I I'm not a saint. I admittedly have them. So this is a great way to me deal with things. Um and, and you know, it comes from an unconscious level. I'm gonna segue here, but uh, a book I wrote, Bad Mojo, I didn't realize until after I'd read it, till it was living in stores, that I was um, dealing with uh, feelings of helplessness I had at the time in my life, without going into gr- graphic detail. Um, but, and that's kind of what, Death Slayer, admittedly, job one, entertain, have fun, look at those awesome visuals,
1: say, oh yeah,
4: that's cool. But but at the same time, it just, you know, it helps you deal with these darker impulses and desires in a healthy way.
1: Well, appreciate that. Uh, uh, also, I just wanted to say I did love this. So thank you for sending this our way. This was really badass. And awesome. Pablo in the comments is pointing out it's got some Mad Max vibes. So. Uh, oh, yeah, that's absolutely.
4: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you dig, uh, you know, Mad Max, um, all those post apocalyptic things, you're going to love this again. Ben uh, Perkins is the artist. Um, it's coming out from cosmic line productions in 2024, uh, an indie publisher, but good guys and, uh, just have, just enjoyed a good comics community with them. And again, Alex, you adjusted may not be my target demographic. You know, that's okay. We don't all have to like the same things. That's right. I, you know, I I like a variety. I mean, um, you know, Rachel and Megan's book, I I was riveted, riveted while they were talking. Oh, it's Uh, so good, man. Yeah. So, uh, run out and get that everybody. Absolutely. Um, but on that, you know, I think variety for me personally as a reader, that's what I thrive on now. So mm-hmm. everything from uh, from Rachel and Megan's book up to Deathslinger is is, you know, that that's a great reading evening for me. So,
0: well, <laughs> you've definitely got a variety coming out. Uh, it is amazing that you have so many things coming out at the same time. That is awesome. Yeah, Shane. You. Uh, and uh, presumably even more to come would be my uh, guess.
4: Yeah, uh, like I said, we are, we're literally like eight pages in a cover away from Jason volume two um, and uh, just a lot of other things in the works as well. So excited and humbled by all this. Um, again, um, thank you guys so much for all you do for allow- giving us as creators this platform uh, to come on uh, and spread the gospel share, of comments. Man. So, um, man, it, we're all part of the team. So thank you. You guys are so instrumental and pivotal. And again, I, I just can't thank you enough.
0: Oh, Shane, that's so kind. Thank you so much for coming on. It was lovely seeing you. Great seeing you as and, always. Uh, great books. Congrats on everything. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Well, Have thanks. A good night. Bye, bye. Yeah. See you. Take care of yourself. Till next time. All right. All right. There we go.
0: So many things coming out from Shane Berryhill. You can check out comic books. Kill out August 9th. Jason and the Olympians out July 26th. And Death Slinger. coming out in 2024 so
1: there you go yeah just gotta make it till then man (laughs) oh man dark note to end on (laughs) but we're gonna turn from a
0: dark note to a positive one and kick off my favorite section because you all make it up it's your audience questions (laughs) and for audience questions all you gotta do is leave a question in the comments on facebook youtube or twitch but before we do that
1: pete oh you're right no, I was going to ask you what you're drinking, but maybe I don't yeah. want to know. It's uh, yeah, you know, it's it's the bottom of the cooler time. You know what I mean? Mm. It's the back of the fridge where maybe you got some beers that aren't as great, but you still got to drink them. You know what I mean? Oh boy, what are you what are you having so you can warn people away? I don't know. It's this. Modelo. Oh, a Modelo. Yeah, it's Modelo's a Modelo, but it's like a. Uh, oh, it's you know, like it's a lemon lime- and salt Modelo. So it's okay. it's a lot yeah. going on. This I love a Modelo, month. but, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, get your own lemon. You can get a lime and a salt. A lime yeah, and a salt? Exactly. What am I talking about? I don't know. Oh, man, I got to get off this water, buddy. It's really Yeah, 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 I hope you feel better soon, man. Thank you very much. Uh, in any case, we while we're waiting for questions from everybody, I'm going to uh, read one we got here from Twitter, actually. Oh, Omnia Solar would like to know, why does Justin hate us? Um, it's because you're uh, not uh, paying him enough. To be part of your family. They established <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. This. Yeah. He's, you know, he, if he's negotiating with his own family, imagine what he's doing with us. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read one from Twitter that we got a
0: while back. This is from Andrew Softly. Read your reviews of every issue of Local Man. Can you recommend some favorite runs of actual 90s image superhero books, which this one is referencing? I was actually hoping that Justin was going to be on the show because he feels like the uh, ideal person to ask that yeah of, but do you have any family favorite like 90s image comics that you go back to
1: oh Wild man Storm, well,
0: gen 13 anything like that
1: no uh, eastman and laird's Ten Ten ninja turtles mm-hmm. uh usagi yojimbo um that's where my 90s was yeah that's i feel like the start and
0: end of it The ones that the book, by the way, if you're not reading Local Man by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks, it's great, uh, really good. You don't need to know anything about 90s comics, though. It certainly helps. But Youngblood and Gen 13 are the two that I'd call out in particular that I think they're referencing very specifically throughout here. I'm sure there's more, but I wasn't a big 90s image comics guy. Like... Mm -hmm uh
1: that was that was not necessarily my thing it was they were too pointed out they were too big. what's the uh what's the one that uh jordan d white reads all the time with the uh the savage da- dragon the savage dragon yeah yeah that's probably I'm a good on. one too but, you could read an issue of savage
0: dragon that came out last week and get the sense of the it's, it still it hasn't like changed. The, the, yeah. yeah it's like domino's pizza never changes uh, we got a couple of other questions here this is from Pablo that latest Blue Beetle trailer was great what do you think
1: oh man I'm very excited for that movie I love the cast uh love the original uh kind of well not the original but the the kind of Albuquerque uh run on it um so I'm really ho- uh, have high hopes for that I think it's a it's a hopefully does it does it right? You know what I mean? Could be mm-hmm. the lone DC movie that's... Uh... Did you
0: see the trailer? There was a new one that came out earlier today. Today, you yeah. yeah. You have seen it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought it was great too. I, I'm i 100% on the same page as you where I'm like, this looks really fun and I hope... I don't know. I It's impossible for me to tell from the pulpit of our comic book talk show that we've been doing forever what normal people think about this sort of stuff. But like... I don't think they're going to lump it together with Black Adam, Shazam 2 and The Flash and all the things that like bombed in theaters. You know, I think they're just, it was a good, fun superhero movie. They're going to go for it. It looks fun. I like the family dynamics in the trailer. That seems good. I was like, I felt like they definitely showed off probably most of the arc of the
1: movie in this trailer. Yeah, but yeah that's that's a hard thing about watching trailers this yeah. late. in the, But it's, it's all right.
0: Uh, I like the lead. I like the cast. I'm, mm. I'm into it.
1: And I also think, you know, Justin's original call about this being like DC Spider-Man is a mm-hmm. great, great thing. And hopefully that's, uh, that becomes true. Uh, Stray Bullies pointed out uh, the darkness image from the nineties. That's also a mm. good call. That is a good one.
0: Uh, this is also from Stray Bullies. Uh, what is that Loki to Netflix in your background, Alex? Um, that has been there since Loki season one, that's actually a box of Loki charms.
1: Yeah, that's old, man.
0: Yeah, that's old. You that's shouldn't eat near. that,
1: by the way. That's probably when you're not feeling well. And I you eat that, that no, box. No, no, no.
0: Every time I finish the show, I reward myself with a handful of Loki charms <laughs> <laughs> for the past year and a half, two years, something oh, like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm sure there.
1: it's not stale at all. No,
0: no, there's no cereal in it um, anymore. Smart. Um, yes, there you go. So that's what that is. Uh, this is from Mike Cancel. What are your favorite comics of the week this week, Mike? We
1: have a show. We do. It's like a whole thing, Mike. You, yeah, you can't Mike. Tease wow. the stack before the stack. You know, comes out mean?
0: Wednesday, nine a.m. In I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but in its own dedicated stack feed, as well as the comic book club feed. <laughs> I've never Wednesday, heard you say that. Phrase this before. the first time. How did that just roll off the
1: tug like? That? Wow, so smooth. Like you've been saying it for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we. I Pete's
0: gonna definitely yell at me when you do the stack because I think we have thirty-nine oh. books yep. that we're reviewing. You fucking dick. I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. You're not sorry. I you, am so sorry. No, you're not. No. No, and you're not. I've talked about this on the show before, but when I'm sending the books over to you, at first like legitimately, one hundred percent this is my reaction where like I'll go publisher by publisher and I'll be like Okay, so uh, Image Comic Books came in first. Oh, there's a good amount of Image Comic Books. Okay, I'll try to be cognizant of that. Oh, let's add in the Dynamite and the IDW and the Dark Horse and all that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, and I can feel this tightening in my chest as I see the stuff because it's like, it's a mix I try to make it a mix of number ones because I think it's good to like talk about new issues. Number ones. Yeah. So yeah. That's important. important. What we feel passionate about, like yeah. what I know you're probably going to like, what Justin's probably going to like, what I'm probably going to like, try to mix that in there. I definitely try to concentrate on books where either we were mixed or positive from the previous issue. Mm-hmm. If Basically if we were negative two issues in a row or just like, yeah, I don't know, then it gets cut out of the stack and I don't do it. But that ends up being a lot of stuff some weeks, and definitely the Marvel stuff always comes in last, where after and I've sent everything over, we get Marvel last, and I'm like, oh my God, that's 10 more books.
1: <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? I don't have the time for this. And then what happens eventually with the stack is we start off being like, ah, talking about it and by the last one, like, yeah, it's good. Uh, check <laughs>
0: yeah. it out. Yeah, let me look. I got to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so apologies to whichever book is last in the stack, but we got a lot of them coming this week, Mike, I know we're putting you off, but, um,
1: we'll, we'll be talking about that very soon. Um, let's see. But this to is... answer real quickly, Night Terrors number one was one of my favorites that mm. uh, came
2: out.
1: Yes. I think I, we, very briefly, I will say, uh, just because the DC comics are
0: out today, I was a little iffy about Night Terrors the last week. Like I liked it, but I didn't love it it much better about it this week. If you've been yeah. curious about it, definitely check out the ones that come out this week. There's a really good variance of them.
1: Oh uh, my god, the the covers are just unbelievable. Very good.
0: They're definitely. I've been taking my son to the comic book store, and last week I was like, "And eh, we're skipping by this DC section now." And walking, we're walking. Don't look at those <laughs> terrifying covers. Uh, this is from Kevin. Favorite superhero groups not from or based on comics. Favorite superhero groups, so, not from or less like, like mystery men.
1: firefighters. Like, what are we talking about? I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. they're they're the real heroes. They're the real heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers and and nurses. Um, yeah. Police officers. Pete. Pete. No. No. Let's not, you know, start any kind of something that maybe we shouldn't. Wait, make. can I
0: throw something out there that side that I feel like only you will appreciate? Sure. Uh, so, this weekend while I was sick, I was in Boston hanging out with my wife's side of the family. And we ended up talking about New York pizza. And somebody mentioned that in Boston, there's a place called NYPD. No, maybe it's in Philly, actually, called NYPD, which is New York Pizza Department. And I was like, oh, they should probably be called ACAB. All calzones are bad. Oh, dude, you can't. That That... fell so flat. Everybody looked at me. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) laughed. And I was like, I'm sorry I take it back. Yeah,
1: wow. (laughs) Wrong company, I guess, on multiple levels. (laughs) Also, Calzones are great. <laughs> DP Doe, motherfucker. Come on, I do Ithaca. love DP Doe. Doe. Ithaca, a, dude. Yes, represent a little I'm bit. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus, let's go, Corey. I was, already, I was that always more of a hot truck, man, Pete. No, I, I Come on. PMP, man? Poor man's pizza? Who are you talking uh, to? So good. I probably got more hot truck than you did, bro. <laughs> Almost definitely. But I did.
0: Uh, <laughs> my dorm freshman year was right by hot truck. So I was like, oh, I'll get some. That's <laughs> great living right there. It really was. Well, I think we've answered Kevin's question <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of nonsense that's yeah, only just, for
1: you and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always fun for people to at home. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Mystery Men, I guess, is the only thing I can think of is favorite superhero groups not from or based on comics. Is there anything else? Probably.
1: Uh, yeah, I would have to really think about that a little bit because I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, Pablo's talking about Pete. I was like, yeah, the pizza delivery guy, but I was reading it fast. I didn't know. <laughs> pizza uh, delivery mission. guys. Well, hero. why don't we
0: go to this one? Maybe we can't answer this one either. But the big says, hi, guys, have you seen the new Indiana Jones thoughts? I loved it. Any thoughts about why it's not a hit at the box office? Pete you checked out the new Indiana Jones? Yes,
1: ride. I did. Uh, what you my think? parents wanted to go see it, so we all went as a family. So that was really fun. Uh, I loved it, man. Uh You know, I had some little emotional moments there. I thought the the callback to the, uh, to the original Raiders was so cool. Uh Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. Maybe because Crystal Skull sucks so bad that people were like, I'm not doing this again. I I don't know what people's deal is, but uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Well, I will say... I do have an opinion
0: on a couple of reasons it probably hasn't doing as well at the box office. One of them, I do think, is Crystal Skull, where it's not just that people are like, eh, on the movie, but the fact was it wrapped up Indiana Jones. Like, it was very clearly set up as like, well, and here's the final Indiana Jones movie. So... I don't think there was anybody who was like, ooh, what's the rest of the story? Because th- there wasn't. He, he passed on the hat, kind of, to Shia LaBeouf, and he got married, and he got a happy ending, and they were done with Indiana Jones. And now they're coming back now, so
1: there's that yeah, level Yeah, but of... they they continue from that point. It's not totally. like they ignore no, no, I know how sequels work. I get that. Well, fuck but, you, dude. I'm just letting I'll, you know. No,
0: no, no. no I, I, see, I don't it. even know if you've seen it. I literally just said I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm well saying then... from, I'm saying from the outside perspective. I think why has people were hesitant to go see it at the box office is they felt done with it, and to have a come back again, there wasn't necessarily that nostalgia play because there wasn't that pent up demand. We already finished that. You add in that, and I'm including ourselves in that. There is an aging audience in that, right? So yes. an older audience, in general, and uh, the audiences are having trouble with like should I actually go to the theater or should I just wait 45 days or 30 days or
1: legitimately like asteroid
0: city is now out three weeks later on VOD. So why would I bother seeing that in theaters when I could watch it in the comfort of my own home? that is becoming a factor in every decision in terms of going to the movie. So for older audiences, definitely, it's like, "Eh, I'll get to see it later. Oh, it didn't do that well. The box office and the reviews weren't that great. All right. I'll just catch it on streaming. That's fine. So that just becomes the equation there. That's the other part of it is like Disney brought it to Cannes and the reviews out of Cannes were not good. Later on, I've heard a lot more people like yourself who were like, yeah, it was super fun. I had a fun time at the movie theater, but those initial reviews that was clearly the wrong venue to put it in. It's like, this is the storied film festival and that put sort of a sour note over it very early. So when you have, okay reviews from a franchise that everybody was not necessarily asking to come back when the option is to watch it later for free, technically asterisk at home. That's what a lot of people are going to choose. So it's not doing God awfully, but it's really not doing well. And I think that's a large part of the reason. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So there you go. Uh,
0: But I, I do legitimately want to see it at some point because I've heard from so many people that, like, A, they had fun seeing it, and also that apparently the ending is just wild in terms of the swings
1: they take in terms oh, of what yeah. happens. Oh, yeah, big time. So, yeah, there's some real laugh out loud moments. Uh, but also, I think they do a good job of being like, uh, yes, that was where they kind of left the story, but it uh, this movie doesn't ignore Crystal Skull, but it doesn't exactly you know, uh, kind of like it It continues from Crystal Skull on. There's things that happen that, that kind of like they go with. So, uh, yeah, I think they did a good job.
0: Yeah. I'll, again, I will probably see it. Uh, my son has been interested in watching the Indiana Jones movies after – three or four years ago, seeing a little bit of
1: Raiders and screaming and sobbing and crying. (laughs) Oh man.
0: So he seems into it again. So yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's tough because those movies definitely scarred me as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. like the first time I saw the annumshi by like, I couldn't sleep for a while. Yeah. I've been
0: in front of him, ripping hearts out of different larger creatures every day to get him, you know, revved up for it. Um, Smart. You're a great father, dude. Thank you. We're up to alligators at this point. Wow. Uh follow up on the previous ask Michael Tilba wants to know is it an all night terror stack episode? No. <laughs> Great question. Uh I will say There is a bunch of night terrors. There is a bunch of stack. night terrors. What we're trying to do like what we did with You're Future doing State. A block. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What we did with Future State last year, which I think it's interesting to look at, like, we read every Future State book and went through all of those. We're doing the same thing right now with Night Terrors. We'll see if it keeps up, if they continue to be good. But I always think it's interesting to look at an event as a whole and see how it pans out. Um, and uh, Mike Katzell wants to know What day of the week do you start reading those 39 books um, I will say in general With the stack This was bad because I was away this weekend So I set the stuff late So I apologize, Pete uh, But usually I will try to start reading them on Sunday And then read whatever else I can Monday night And if things come in super late I'll try to chip away with them on Tuesday So yeah, it's really at least a three-day process Every week reading the books for me
1: yeah, I start a uh, Monday and then spend a lot of my day today. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's, yeah, a, it's lot. a lot.
0: But it's worth it. For the Oh, fans. yeah, definitely.
1: You kidding me? Yeah, there you go. Um,
0: question from Straight Bullet. What was that Ben Stiller movie? It was Mystery Men. Thank you, Straight Bullet. Um, oh, this is a good one. Michael Tillman says maybe The Incredibles originated on screen. Yes, that is probably the best superhero team
1: that didn't originate in comics i can go for that what do you think pete uh yeah that's a great call incredibles is a fantastic uh and they yeah. you know they've gotten comics has spawned from that that mm-hmm. have been enjoyable yeah that's a great call thank yeah. you michael tillman uh oh here's a great uh, thought MT. experiment from
0: pablo imagine if the pizza department was a real thing what would you do with that if there was a new york pizza department pete
1: well, I almost feel like there should be because you know that way there would be some kind of uh, you know somebody kind of like uh, looking over the pizza in New York and being like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like official thumbs up, thumbs down type of scenario where like the pizza department gave this a thumbs up. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'll check it out. You know. Mm. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, I was about to make some very inappropriate jokes, which I won't, well, yeah, uh, please don't do that. Absolutely really. not. Um, oh, here, this is a very general question, but I think we I know what they're going to get. Monk4202004 says, Secret Invasion? Assuming, what's our opinion on Secret Invasion so far? Not to keep plugging other podcasts, but on Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, we've been recapping Secret Invasion. So you can check out our recaps in that feed. For it past sucks week. so
1: far, though, Monk, yeah. just to let you know, it sucks so far. It's heartbreaking. To see Fury suck at his job, and every woman on the show is dying—it's not fun. It's not fun, but I'm hoping there's going to be some Shyamalan twist at the end that's going to make totally redeem itself. I really am. I feel a little like Charlie Brown with the football because
0: we're on the eve of another episode, and right now I'm like, maybe I'll wake up at five and it'll be good. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe. I love the hope. I love the hope. It's really uh, I'm, I'm really pulling for them to turn it around, but I'm I'm not uh, I'm not expecting it at this point. We'll see. And uh we got uh one last question here. When you have 39 books in the stack, do you read anything else not in the stack?
1: Pete? Well, sometimes, but not this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the stacks that deep, it's hard. Uh yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, no, I, I mean, Pete will know this in advance. Don't say what it is, Pete. I, I think you'll have a pretty fair idea. There was one book that I was like, oh, I want to read that book. If I don't put it in the stack, I'm not going to read it. So I'm going to put it in the stack so that I read it. Uh, and the the short answer is like, no, I don't. I mean, I read other things. I read books during the week. Um, but 39 comics in three days is a lot of comics. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Thank you so much for all your questions. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to move to our next section, which is trivia, and for that, I'm going to turn
1: it over to Pete LePage. All right, this is the part we give back to the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win twenty five free dollars in the form of gift card to Midtown Comics. Because if you had twenty five bucks, you go to the comic book shop. Um, and so, yeah yeah uh, why not raise your hand say first hand up say me 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 uh and um you you can participate in the trivia i'm assuming we don't have somebody picked out ahead of time because otherwise you would have said something Ooh, we got uh, pablo pablo. Pablo. Oh, pa- pablo fan favorite showing up all right pablo all you got to do
0: is reply in the comments yeah and you're definitely going to win twenty five dollars.
1: All right, great. All right, so it should be fun. Okay, today's trivia is some topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Alan Arkin, R.I.P. All right, please listen all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one: Skybound is bringing back Larry Hama to write which comic? Is it a GI Joe, Real American Hero? B, G.I. Jane, oh, sorry, keep your wife's name out of your mouth. Uh, uh, Or is it C, Tammy Grimes? So, Pablo, all you need to do is just write down A there and we can move on because Larry Hama is famous for G.I. Joe, as we all know. Uh, So, great, great. Nice job, Pablo. You are correct. It is a... Larry Hama uh, being brought back by Skybound. I'm very excited about it. Cannot wait. Legendary writer. Here we go. Question number two. Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque are teaming back up for what new comic? Is it A, Duck and Cover, B, Tell That to Chris Rock, or C, Ed Peck? Which one do you think it is, Pablo? Oh, my God. You want to say A again? That is correct. Nice job, uh, Pablo. Really appreciate it. All right, here we go. Last one, Pablo. The history of DC will stream a three part docuseries on what platform? Is it A, Max? B, you thought it was messed up for Max to drop the HBO? Think about the Smiths marriage counselors going through. Or is it C, Theodore Gottlieb? What's that, Pablo? It's A again. You're correct, Pablo. You're killing it. Oh, man. A's across the board. Pablo getting straight A's. Uh, appreciate you uh, s- showing your support, Pablo. Um, there we go. There we go. Hey, it's Sarah Schaefer. Uh, um, great. And what's your uh, what's your secret? Um... Of course, I'm talking about the 1982 classic, The Last Unicorn.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. Good shout out
1: uh great pablo
0: shoot us an email and we are going to get you a gift certificate yeah you know what i mean gift, gift, cards, you, gift cards yeah there you go there Thanks. you go great why don't we before we wrap up here thank you <laughs> <laughs> why don't we before we wrap up here uh talk about what we're looking forward to in comic book stores pete i know we've mentioned a couple of things already but what are you most excited about that's out this week
1: well, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to is a, a team up of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, what else? What else? Nope, no. That one really freaked me out. Um, nope, no, not so much that one. Mm, yeah, I would say uh, Pena the Mummy's Curse also was very interesting and unique. So I love that one as well. There is a ton, as you can probably tell from the amount of books we're talking about, a ton of interesting stuff
0: that's coming out this week. I'll give a shout-out to Fishflies, number one, from Image oh, Comics. Dude, so
1: creepy. Well, so Jeff was, Lemire. Uh, the
0: free it's... comic book day issue came out, which was the first half of this book, and it was gross and uncomfortable and creepy, so I'm very curious to check out the rest of that. Um, also... Uh, Night Terrors, as I mentioned. I uh, really enjoyed the stuff that came out this week. I'll also give a shout-out to Lonesome, The Lonesome Hunters, The Wolf Child, number one. This is a series Oh, from my Tyler God, Crook, yeah, dude. About an old man with a giant sword and the girl he's teaming up with to fight some birds.
1: Um, and this dude, is I was, like, awesome. going back and forth on that one because it's, like, it scared me, mm-hmm. but I still liked it so much. But the ending really freaked me out, but I was still... Like, it, it's basically, and I say this completely complimentary, it's basically the goon meets Hellboy. Straight yes. Up, yeah. Um, very but good. But also some spooky shit in there, which the goon Absolutely. deals with a lot of times. But yeah, like that that lasting image of that kind of like, I think it's like well no, Don't spoil
0: it. Animal. It hasn't come out yet. All of those books though and many, many more are going to be in our stack podcast this week so definitely check that out at the time aforementioned. And that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Shane Berryhill for coming on. Don't forget to yeah, check out Comic Books Kill, Jason the Olympian's and Deathslinger. Also Megan Bowman and Rachel Briner. Don't forget to check out Dear Rosie which is out today. Next week on the show, Jeff Ryan is going to be here to talk about father and son issues, the secret history of Spider-Man couple of other podcasts you can check out. Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast. You can check that out for DC reviews and news. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. As mentioned, we are recapping Secret Invasion right now. Riverdale After Dark is off this week, as Riverdale is off this week. But we will be back with recaps with that mm-hmm. as we head towards the series finale. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book club live on instagram or tiktok comicbookclublive.com live.com for this podcast and many more until
1: next time good night what's up david quinley thanks for giving us a shout out they sit on crappy couches and they let the secret leak
2: occasionally they let that special
3: guest speak
1: so grab your written hand